0: Welcome, Sojourners. You have found yourself a cozy place here at Sojourners Awake. I'm Jonathan, and this is our production of The Bookish and the Brave. Like you, the Sojourners are on a mission, and they face conflict, and sometimes even tragedy. You never know when tragedy will strike, as we will see in this upcoming and conclusion of the episode of last week's Fire in the Swamp. The Sojourners are assembled strike team. The strike team is composed of Darnell, the warden, and his visiting friend, Abel Stoutheart. Along their side is the refugee Milo Hinderfellow, and of course the mysterious Oleander Pierce. If you are interested in more background on Oleander Pierce, you can find his story at www.storiesbySaraDanielle.com. Pay him a visit today. The strike team is moving through the swamp, surviving its dangers, and getting ever close to discovering the fate of Coral Master Humessa. What will they find along the way? And we know it will certainly not be without incident. And so for now, our story continues. Oleander and Abel, you progress towards the fresh spring of water. Milo and Darnell, left in the swamp by yourself, with the other two out of sight, to what do you pay attention to and how do you proceed?
1: Milo feels pretty confident he knows where we're going now. And so he's he's just kind of casually standing there, trying to find the driest spot to uh, to stand. And he's looking at... Darnell, uh, sizing him up a little bit, just trying to figure out who he is. Uh, may say something like, "So, uh, how did you, how did you become a warden at the Bald Top? And uh, well, it kind of seems to fit your personality, but uh, do you enjoy it?
2: I do, actually. It um, I've been a warden at Bald Top for a few weeks." perhaps a little more than a month. And um, it's been nice. It's been a bit of, as you say, a job. I find myself more or less passing through. I don't plan to stay my entire time there. But they need wardens, people who will help with security. So I have the background, and I felt like my skills were most useful to
1: them there. Well, I hope that works out well for you. I, uh, I'll be hanging out ball top for a little while, but, uh, my life seems to take me other places pretty often and pretty quickly. I'll be collecting my gold and, and that should, uh, that should get me moving on. But for now, it looks like we're stuck together, so I'll tolerate you. Hopefully you can tolerate me.
2: We're both still standing, are we not? For now. Tell me, Milo. What is your story? Why are you at Baltop?
1: Well, I uh, let's just say I was helping clean out the noble houses in Boshin, and uh, Lord Basile didn't appreciate what I was doing. So I uh, I had a few too many people looking for me, and. Leaving dead bodies is not helpful, so I decided to leave. I uh, made my way to Bald Top to let it cool down a little bit. Hopefully uh, Lord Basile will forget about me and I can uh, move on my way.
2: Does a Basile ever forget
1: about anything? That's a good question. I I, I don't know that for sure, but uh, clearly uh, yeah, he's now in control. So I don't, uh, I don't want to be where he's in control. That's for certain.
2: Well, anyway, the affairs of his doing have been quite the, uh, hardship on the land and its people.
1: It worked out pretty well for me, but, uh, certainly not good for those other folks. You're right about that.
2: Well, we all tend to make our way somehow.
0: Mosquito bites you on the neck, Darnell. Slaps
2: it. (laughs) Can't say that I'm used to this type of land,
1: although I have traveled through many areas. Oh, this is not my favorite either, but we don't have too much further to go now. A little bit more swamp. Hopefully uh, those other two can stay out of the muck and I will be there shortly.
2: (laughs) Speaking of the other two, you seem to uh, be a bit harsh toward Abel. Why is that?
1: Well, I just I tend to spend my time with folks that can take care of themselves, and he doesn't seem to be able to take care of himself. I I don't have a whole lot of patience for dead weight. And he's quite a bit of dead weight.
2: Well, he's pretty lively to me. I tend to try to take care of those who have been placed under my care. And he seems pretty capable, if you get to know him.
1: Well, so far he hasn't proved that, but uh, let's hope
2: so. I'm sure you will be surprised. Either way.
0: Either way. Oleander and Abel, you push past long, hanging vines that are draping from the high trees in the swamp. And indeed, you hear the sound of rushing water beyond those vines. Looking, you see the cleanest possible water in this area. A small river fed by the hungry rains. You're able to wash off the toxins and the poisons that are clinging to your skin. What do you pay attention to, and how do you proceed?
3: I think the first thing I'm paying attention to is just getting clean. So in the water rinsing off, rinsing off the hair shaking out the mud Well when I stand up I'm going to do a cursory glance and see if there's anything reptilian around It's an unfortunate habit I've picked up
0: I would say in this part of the world there is reptile easily within distance a Python like snake coiled around a tree, having just satisfied its hunger. It lies there lazily, unblinking eyes looking back at you.
3: It's always one. I actually just cast it a salute and say nothing else. And then uh it makes me think of that comment that Abel made. I'm not a snake, you know, I'll say to him as I'm coming out of the water.
4: Abel, he's just too mad at himself to even pick up anything that's going on around him. He wants to be proof himself helpful to Darren L. He doesn't want to be dead weight. He's been that before in his life, and so he's washing off this um, poison, and he is looking around for something to eat because he just thinks, I must be hungry. That's why I'm being useless. Um, and up on what Aliander was saying, I'm not being a snake and yeah yeah y- y- you're right uh, he told me not to judge a book by its cover <laughs> seems we're in a library and all but uh, yeah, I apologize about that I'm just I'm not used to being dead weight
3: well I don't think you're dead weight we haven't had anything to be dead weight about yet
4: now I see that you're pretty resistant to this poison too it was good that we didn't or our friends didn't get in it
3: Yeah, well, sometimes luck favors me. It's a benefit to being cursed, if you can call it a benefit. Mm. He'll offer his hand out to help him kind of pull out of the water as a friendly gesture. I've known Milo for a long time. Don't take what he says to heart.
4: I appreciate that.
3: But also, maybe don't get too close to him either in a fight.
4: I don't think that guy lets anyone get close
0: to him.
3: Just friendly advice let's get back before darnell has a panic attack
0: abel and oleander you come back clean and having washed off the residue of this poison you recognize that your skin is slightly burned but already beginning to heal milo as you said before you know the location is just 150 feet away Suddenly, having known this area before, you recognize a sign that is crudely hanging upon a tree. Passing glance, it looks like just another branch that has broken over. But you see witches' carvings onto this branch. A warning sign, or a welcoming sign, depending on who you are. Nurse Regina. A witch who lives in these swamps, who entertains people who are down on their luck. You suddenly realize to progress forward, would it be cross into her territory and most likely her front door? How then would you proceed?
1: Okay, everyone. Uh, see this branch up here? This branch says it's time for us to put our big boy pants on because, uh... The next part of our journey might not be quite so friendly. Keep your wits about you. Uh, we have no choice. Let's move forward. And he pulls out his swords.
0: Darnell,
2: looking back to Abel, he's gonna kind of in a low tone. Are you ready for this, Abel? Yeah, uh, I won't let's let you down. Don't worry about letting me down, my friend. Uh, okay.
0: Uh, yeah. Let's 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 do this oleander taking up the rear
3: is there brush cover that i might be able to stealth on or are we going to be forced to be in the open
0: oh there's plenty of cover
3: i'm going to silently message darnell and say now don't don't panic but i'm going to try to take the quiet route and i'm going to attempt to move through the underbrush swiftly and quietly without being seen just in case
0: you may hang back a little bit. And make a stealth check.
3: Oh, the rogue fails. What's uh, going to be a nine for my stealth check?
0: Not quite a ten. A nine. Milo, you are pushing towards the location of this scrying beacon as it's getting louder and louder and louder and finally comes to a rapidly a rapid hum that gets closer and closer together until it's just one solid beep of sound. Why is this dumb thing here?
1: It's gonna let everybody within a hundred miles know that we're standing in this exact spot. Does somebody know how to shut this thing off?
0: Darnell, it beeps in your hands. Would I be familiar with this type of tool? Yes, you could easily turn it off at this point. And I'm, I'm gonna turn it off.
1: Probably shouldn't have turned that off before. Oleander, oh, I, I don't think that's working so well this time. Why don't you come join us? It's a little safer up here.
2: Well, hold on, Milo. Sometimes, If an enemy knows, or at least thinks they know where you're at, it gives you an advantage for when they show up and you're not there.
1: I have no idea what you said, but, uh,
2: okay. Layman's terms for you, then. This could be a decoy for the enemy
0: that awaits us.
3: Wait, I'm the decoy now?
0: Oh, as you say that, you feel a blade at your back. A failed stealth check, you have the one up. You rolled a nine, it rolled a seven. It prepares another blade at your throat, ready to slash you where you stand. However, you get the first attack.
3: I would like to spin around with my own psychic blade, and yeah, they're threatening me. Just go for my own throat slash.
0: Go for it. Armor class 12.
3: That is more than a 12. Seven points of psychic damage, leaving no mark.
0: No mark, you turn around and see this Human-like creature covered in fur with the head of a goat. Two prominent horns and black unblinking eyes. It's got a crudely made spear and a dagger where your throat once was. You turn around, leaving no blade. It grabs its throat instinctively as if it's choking on its own blood. Backs away, standing there, hobbling a little bit, holding, having dropped its weapons. It backs up a little bit. Darnell, you turn around, hearing the scuffle. How would you respond to this creature?
2: Ending his sentence with uh, Milo, he turns around. Well, there goes our decoy plan, and he's gonna shout at Abel. Abel, look behind you. And he's going to advance towards
0: Oleander's position. Make an attack if you wish. 13. That is a success. Five points of damage. Oleander having done most of the damage to this creature, it was just with an inch of its life, Darnell, you finish it off clean, and there before you lies a dead Firbolg, a beast man of the forest.
3: Well, I didn't figure you to be the attack first, axe questions later. Hope I didn't have something important to say.
1: I don't think those kind have anything important to say, but I do think we need to keep moving. Agreed.
3: Wait, none of Good. you are concerned that there's not more, that this wasn't a trap?
1: There are definitely more. This is the forest, and the swamp, and the bog, and And they live out here, so we should keep moving.
3: Pardon me for being concerned. And he makes a very dramatic bow. Please lead the way.
0: Milo, you see beyond the vines, Nurse Regina's home, a collection of four huts that are elevated above the boggy and shallow swamp waters on wooden stilts. Each of these four huts are also connected by rickety wooden planks, like walkways and gangplanks. With these four huts seemingly nondescript from this point of view, you know that somewhere in this location is Coral Master Humessa, and hopefully still intact and alive.
1: Well, I got you here. Now it's your turn, Darnell. Show us what's up.
2: Well, I'd say we should have a plan of attack. You two seem to be useful in the shadows. I will make myself a decoy with this begin.
3: Wait, you're just going to walk in there?
2: I mean, I'll be at his back.
3: I'm not saying it's not a good idea. I'm just saying maybe we should try to get a little more intelligence.
2: I've been listening to
4: everyone's intelligence. I think it's time for action.
2: Fine. Abel and I will stand here momentarily and allow you two to survey the land. Oh,
3: hey now, I wasn't volunteering. All right.
1: I'll take a quick look for sure.
0: Darnell, as your strike team assembles and moves into place, Milo, how do you proceed?
1: Okay, Milo's gonna try to go around this hut that's on the top side, top left of this of the map. He's gonna to try to go around and just survey that left side of the, the
0: compound. Wonderful. Make an investigation check. Abel, how do you proceed?
4: So Abel is uh, sticking behind Darren L. He is um, kind of wants to be back to back and is slowly backing, you know, kind of waiting for. Well, it's kind of more back to knee, but yeah, he's he's in the holding, kind of ready to
2: follow you. All right, Abel. We'll let them take the flanks to the left and the right, presumably. How about you and I just take it easy and walk up this plank right in front of us just to get an eye level
0: of what is atop the planks. Abel and Darnell, as you step up the planks, you step off six feet off the ground, the swamp water locating at your feet. Over to the left, you can see Milo sneaking through the bog creeping over to the first hut. As you move up on the gangplank, you see that there is yet a shadow of a woman with arms outstretched. You cannot see her face, her hair, hanging low past her cheeks. She stands there, prepares to cast a spell.
2: Um, I'm going to crouch even lower and put my uh, finger to my mouth and and just point, look at Abel, and then point in her direction, and then
0: back to my mouth with a shush <laughs> uh, form. Both of you make a stealth check. You're going for a 12 or higher. Rolled
4: from a natural 20 to a two plus two, which is a four.
0: Twenty-one. Darnell, as you creak behind one of the boards, you find a brush that you pull gently over your body, concealing you from the image of this woman. Able, as you do so in like fashion, one of your foot goes straight through the gangplank and you begin to crack through the pier, both of your feet now dangling from the edge. The board splashes in the swamp water below, causing a ripple and a disturbance among the creatures of the bog.
4: Ah, I don't think this was made for my way.
0: Oleander, amidst this disturbance, how do you proceed in this mission?
3: Well, I was making my way down to this southern hut. Do I hear that clattering?
0: You You hear the clattering after you have made your decision.
3: I'm going to kind of pause and use my telepathy back to Darnell. Everything all right back there?
2: We'll see here in a moment.
3: Do I need to come back?
2: I'm gonna around to see what the uh, shadowy
0: figure is doing. She stands there with arms outstretched
2: still. I think you're good for now, Oleander. Continue as planned.
3: All right. I'm gonna keep making my way down, but I am gonna send a message to Milo and just say, uh, heads up, we might need to rush back. And I'm going to try to go to this one, and if I can, look up in the window and see what I see inside, if I have to climb up or something.
0: Go ahead and make a stealth check, Oleander.
3: Much better. 16.
0: A 16. As you lift your head up above the window, you see that it has no pain, just a simple open air window. Inside, sleeping, is a large gorgola beast, this puma, a swamp cougar. Hmm sits there snoring, amidst a pile of carcasses, foods, humans, that have all been consumed by this creature. This appears to be its den, and for the moment, it is purring softly.
3: Is there a door that I can see for it to get out?
0: Yes, it's a regular door frame that has been clawed and shredded to accommodate its large size.
3: So there's not a door that I can sneak around and shut to make sure that our sleeping friend stays in there?
0: No, there is not.
3: Well, that's a complication.
0: There are a few gangplanks that could be, and planks that could be disassembled from the bridge to do just the job if you have the right tools.
3: I have the right tool. Well, I have a crowbar. I think that might risk waking up. So I'm just gonna message back to Dara now. Hey, there's a real big man-eating cat in here. So we might want to be extra quiet.
0: And Milo, as you move towards this hut, you're able to climb up the pier that supports this hut. You see a small opening of slats beneath the floor, and you can hear the scuffle of voices. These Firbolg beast beastmen grunting and moaning in their language. It sounds like laughter and anger all at the same time you hear the clatter of a very familiar sound dice clattering on the floor you can hear three distinct voices that are for the moment occupied
1: milo's going to uh, creep and get himself in a in a nice uh, hidden position uh but hopefully where he can kind of see the others and, uh, I'm assuming that he's at a place now where he can see the witch as well. But he's going to crouch down, and maybe he's going to put his swords away and take out his short bow instead.
0: You may make a stealth check.
1: That's a 15.
0: You hang upside down from the pier, quickly switch out your short swords for your bow, and silent among the cries of the bog, you remain there. Abel. Currently stuck in these planks, making a general amount of noise. How do you proceed?
4: So seeing L with his finger to his lips saying, shh, he's going to settle a little bit and try and get himself out by pulling himself back up.
0: Pull yourself back up and you are about 10 feet away from that female creature. She's still standing over you, her hair in her face. The moonlight seems to cast a shadow. You cannot see her expression and she stands there still with arms outstretched towards you darnell
2: can i see milo from my position
0: no you cannot he is very well hidden
2: peeking back at the woman she's not moving um he's gonna glance back to abel and kind of and just do a gesture with his hand to silently go Around behind him, out of the line of sight.
0: You may proceed.
4: So curiosity's got the better of Abel. He doesn't want to go backwards. He, he wants to. He's this witch is obviously seeing him. Is if if she can see it all, um, and he just wants to know what's what's kind of going on.
2: Seeing kind of that look in Abel's face, uh, I relent to direct him. And I'm just going to peer back toward the witch and glance over in the direction of Milo's hut um, to see what the range is like. The range to what? Um, if I can see Milo, like if I can do a perception to see if I can see him and to see where he at, he's at in position to the witch, like what's his range? Is he in a striking position or is he, um, too far?
0: Uh, Milo is currently underneath the hut. So you cannot see him unless you are at the same level he is at. I guess he's, yeah, Darnell's just gonna
2: take a breath and, well, Kalani, send me here for a mission. And, um, he's going to
0: just step out from his hiding spot in front of the witch. Darnell, as you do, she stands there as if to greet you. She does not move. You draw closer. You smell the scent of decay. Hello there. And to my GB. She does not respond.
2: I happen to be looking for someone. Has anyone been through your part? of the swamp here recently.
0: Abel, you can see now that Darnell is talking to this creature. With her arms outstretched, she is not responding, her head not looking up at his form. Abel takes out a
4: javelin and from as far away as he can, just starts poking at her to see if she reacts.
0: As you poke at her... She collapses over to the side, and reveals a scare—a scarecrow spike that has been rammed, holding her up. Her dead corpse falls to the ground and reveals Nurse Regina, the swamp witch, dead.
4: Abel shrugs at Darnell and points. Move forward.
2: Communicates back to Oleander. There is something very wrong here, and we have just found the witch's corpse.
3: Well, that's unfortunate. Where are you?
2: We have moved straight from our last
3: position. Wait, you went up the ramps. The ramps we said we weren't going to go up until we had the intelligence.
2: Well, things happen, (sighs) get over it.
3: Ah, Kalan owes me for this one. Do we need, would you like us to just stroll in and start shouting, hey, we're looking for Coral Master, what's her name? My gracious. Well. Or do you want me to keep on trying to find out what other horrible monsters are in these things?
2: Well, the monster that you found does not seem to be disturbed yet, so it is still likely that we got... your
3: best efforts. ...an
2: element of surprise.
3: (sighs) What do you want me to do, boss?
2: Be aware, but continue your search.
3: Oh, be aware. It's so helpful. Got it.
0: As you move through the swamp water, you can go under the planks, Moving okay. on to the third hut.
3: We'll look in that window as well.
0: Before you do, okay. I need you to make a dexterity saving throw as you wade through this mucky swamp water. Nine. Oleander, as you're moving through, you kick side flotsam and jetsam and all kinds of floating objects, but one grazes your leg against the flow and then it disappears
3: I swear if that's a gator I'm gonna get Kalan for this
0: one Oleander you proceed to the third hut there are the pillars that you can climb and this one does have a window how do you proceed to investigate
3: I'm hoist myself up and look in that window
0: as you do you see a woman with her back turned towards you. Mm-hmm. There's a pool of blood at her feet. Her head, hangs, her head hangs low. And in the corner, there is a creature standing on two goat-like legs, with fur on its body and a singe of sulfur emanating from its skin. It sharpens a blade, curses an abyssal, and then turns around to the woman with a demon expression on his face, and laughs and says, Are you ready for another trial? At that moment, you're instinctively able to duck behind the window and this demon moves towards to inflict more wounds on Coral Master, Humessa.
3: I'm going to telepath Darnell and Milo. Well, found the lady. Think I'm about to do something stupid.
1: Milo is going to respond by saying, well, there's three guys playing dice in this one, but uh, if you found the lady, I guess that's where we need to be and he's going to try to sneak up and past, I don't know how, I don't know the distance here, but he's gonna try to sneak past this door and head over this way, um, assuming that she's over here somewhere. So he's gonna, he doesn't know exactly where she's at,
0: Hmm.
1: but but he's gonna start heading in this direction and try not to be seen by those guys playing
3: dice. Southeast hut from where we started. I'm just going to start throwing knives if you don't mind. And I'd like to actually, uh, if the DM will allow, um, pull myself up and hurl a knife at the demon.
0: And I think everyone should roll initiative. The number to beat is a 10. Go ahead and call it out.
3: Six. (laughs) Six. Six.
0: Hello Sojourners, this is Jonathan with Sojourners Awake. I hope you're enjoying this short mini-series of The Bookish and the Brave. For me, it has been very fun to explore different characters that live within Bald Top Library. I've had a wonderful time developing this little parcel of land in the world of Bonsaril, and I hope you've enjoyed listening. Speaking of, if you have enjoyed this podcast, feel free to share with a friend who enjoys Dungeons and Dragons, or just good old-fashioned storytelling. Remember that we are available on all major podcasting platforms, and you can subscribe to my blog at www.sojournersawake.com for articles on playing your very own Dungeons & Dragons games. Summer has been a busy time for me here at the camp, so I appreciate everyone sticking with me all the listeners that stay attuned to the podcast even during this time where we don't produce as often as we normally do. I'm looking forward to the fall where we'll have many more adventures to come in the world of Bonsarel. Exciting things are up ahead. And so for now, our story continues. Darnell your instincts kick in you know that the mission has just changed and reached a pivotal point I would like to know how you progress keep in mind that the map is there generally for combat purposes only if it's not just because it's on the map doesn't mean it exists necessarily although it is a rough outline for you to have a terrain idea Mm -hmm. the challenges that you face may not be on the map necessarily Darnell you are first in the initiative. You feel the energy shift towards combat. With the witch's body at your feet, how do you proceed? Abel? it is time to move.
2: And he's going to dash um, towards, his best guess is that back right tent because he knows Oleander went to the south and said that the first area that he inspected had the cat makes him think that okay the next Mm -hmm. one in line must be so he's going is is that a large tree in the middle
0: there and it's got like a circle. it is indeed a large tree and off to your left you see a boiling cauldron on the left hand side of the path
2: yeah he's going to um just dash um kind of stealthily he's gonna yeah he's gonna kind of move as swift as he can um to to get as close as he can.
0: Abel. To the left, there is a boiling cauldron. To the center, there is a large tree with moss in the middle. And over to the right, Darnell rushes. How do you proceed?
4: So seeing Darnell run off and the fact that all those conversations have been in his head, he doesn't really know what's going on. Um, (laughs) He is going to chase after him with as fast as his little Stout feet can carry
0: him. You follow your leader into battle. Certain noise is carried along the swamps, even with the rushing of the gangplanks. I need Darnell and Abel to make a stealth check. Nine. Twelve. That is a fail, Abel. You attract the attention. Milo, you hear them. Three beastmen stand up from where they're at and they go to investigate. They do a quick search, and they see Abel and Darnell. Then they make an attack against you. They launch a spear. They're going to have disadvantage because they're going through those trees. Ah, that's an 11. The spear clatters to the side. Another one against you, Darnell. With a natural 1. And against you, Darnell. 11 to hit. The spears go clattering, but you know that they are now aware of your presence. They're grunting and shouting and moving towards you. And then one of them breaks right and tries to close in the gap to Abel. A noise has been called out. So a creature breaks through. Rising from his slumber, the furbolg captain, Sakan, steps through the final hut. He stretches his aching body and pulls out a great club. He hears the bellows and the cries of bloodlust and war from his subordinates. He comes stomping on the gangplank, and you can hear and feel the boards shake, Milo. And in his left hand is a staff that is covered in blood, much like the one that is impaled, the witch. He hollers out a cry, cuts his arm, and lets the blood fly. He rushes towards you, Darnell, and he jumps over the cauldron. We're going to see how well he does. He does a four. He cannot jump over the cauldron, so he stops immediately in front of it and pulls out a spear, ready to chuck it at you, Darnell. At the end of the turn, Milo, it is now you.
1: Milo sees him, uh, identifies him as the head honcho, and he is going to uh, he is going to turn his bow attention on this guy, and he's also going to uh, cast a uh, hunter's mark on him.
0: Armor class 14.
1: 18 to hit. Well done. That'd be nine points of damage. So he launches, yeah, he launches his uh, his arrow at that guy and then um, realizing that those other guys ran right past his hiding spot. Okay, so he's going, to, he's going to flip his bow onto his back and he's gonna pull out his short swords. He probably stay crouched down in case they don't see him.
0: Very good. Oleander, well, it is your turn.
3: I hear the commotion, think to myself, well, at least I didn't start it. And I'm going to pull myself back into the window and hurl one of my psychic daggers um, at the demon. Mm. Do I get sneak attack?
0: You can bonus action hide. Uh, you have to get a nine or higher. Oh, uh, sorry, a ten or higher to hide.
3: Yeah, I'll bonus action hide because I don't have a free hand to do a second attack, anyways. Oh, I got a 15 to hide. You,
0: are, you can get sneak attack. It's okay. a, uh, let's see, 15 to hit
3: more than 15 it's an 18 and that's going to be seven points of psychic damage to him probably not going to try to stay hidden because i'm planning on climbing through this window and murdering him
0: wonderful you push through the window the demon hasn't noticed you yet and is moving towards humessa with a large blade and just shrugs off a little bit of a twinge of pain in its head Curses is an abyssal humessa does not raise her head darnell top of the initiative
2: yeah he's he's dodging and weaving as these javelins are just kind of flying past him and uh, he's going to continue um his movement to the door which i think should put me right at the door assessing the situation really quick he's just gonna just spear his uh, glaive right into the into the demon
0: Did you cross the doorway? Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. He would have ran right to the doorway without thinking about the magic, just saw the threat and proceeded toward it.
0: And what is your alignment? Based on
2: popular opinion, uh, he is, he's, (laughs) he's, uh, he's lawful good.
0: Ah, Darnell, you rush through in your hurry and The sign that you pass above the door, a plaque, reads, Only the righteous shall sleep. As you cross through this witch's door, you push past the beads with your glaive in hand, and suddenly the urge to sleep comes over you. Your eyes quickly glance in your peripheral direction. You see that there's a large bed that is conveniently located at the left of the doorway. I need you to make a constitution... Excuse me, I need a wisdom saving throw, 15.
2: I'm a half-elf and magic cannot put me to sleep.
0: You have got to be kidding me! Please describe how you withstand this witch's snare. I would say as Dardanelle enters
2: the room, he glances at the sign and smirks because he saw like a segment of words that was taught to him when he was younger. By his parents about the elemental aspects of the world and magic, and though he's not a magic caster himself, um, he he just kind of smirks, and his adrenaline just kind of uh,
0: pulls him through it. Well done. Do you intend to make your attack against the demon? Yes. Armor class fifteen.
2: First hit is going to be a, an eight, so that is a miss. But I'm going to. Um, Use my action surge to take a second hit. That is a 17 plus six, so that hits. Well done. So that is five points of damage.
0: You slash through the demon now aware of your presence. Next up in the initiative, Abel.
4: So when Abel saw the javelins come flying, he ducked underneath any kind of railing that he could find. And then he hears the stomping of the boots of the captain and sees him with that big spear in his hand, aiming it at his best friend, his current only current friend, and something inside him just snaps. And all of a sudden he flashes back to that night where he had that vision of Bertie Cartwright and is on fire and it flamed up and just enraged. He tears what little bit of clothing he has left, stands up, takes his big callous hands and attempts to push that cauldron over onto the Leader.
0: Mm. Okay. Alright. So, you go to push this cauldron over in front of the leader, Sakan. And you see, as, he, as you get closer, he backs away a little bit. And then you see a large hand reach out from the cauldron and grab your own. I need you to make two checks. One athletics check to push over the cauldron, and another strength saving throw to avoid being pulled from this strange Frankenstein hand in this boiling liquid.
4: Okay, so first to push over, it is a uh, 22. Success. To avoid
0: being grabbed is a 18. 18, that is a success. This slipper, this, this creature grabs your clothing and just rips off your sleeve and the cauldron blasts over, spilling onto Sakan. Why don't you roll 3d6 damage for me? All
4: right, 3d6 is nine points of damage.
0: Nine points of damage. Uh, He succeeds on his dex save, and the the railings and the planks begin to sizzle and break free, causing a damage in this bridge. A 10-foot chasm Uh, he does take five points of damage and there is now a 10-foot gap on that bridge between Sakon and you currently at your back are two of the beastmen well done anything else
4: nope he's just eyes red veins bulging on his arms belly out
0: Sakon is then going to redirect his spear Towards you. That's a 16 to hit. A hit? Spear goes for 11 points of damage. Half is five. The two beastmen are going to follow in like fashion, attacking against you. Ooh, a natural 20 and a 20. Got yeah, both hits? Both, both clubs smash you. These beastmen jump up on you, Abel and they just start gouging you with weapons and fire-hardened spears. You've got six spears sticking out of you, surrounded by these beastmen. The other one is gonna see his error and rush over, sneaking up behind Darnell. With a large, crude, bone-shaped blade in his hand, ready to stab Darnell in the side. The demon points at you, Darnell. Its eyes light up with fire and you begin to see flames flicker from its hand. He then turns quickly and sees Oleander break through the window and then decides to make an attack. Do any of you speak Abyssal?
3: No, but I almost did. (laughs) Change it to Infernal last second.
0: I would like you to have advantage on a little bit of this. Um... Darnell, given your time of study, and Oleander, your time of study at Balltop, there is a chance you might recognize a little bit of Abyssal. Please go for a DC 18 arcana or history check. Or religion.
3: I did history because I had proficiency in it. Unfortunately, I came up with a 13. Failure.
0: A 4. 14. The four. Failure. The word does sound a little bit like fireball. The demon throws down this bomb of fire, and the room is immediately engulfed in flames. I will roll the damage now.
3: I know that's not how this works, but can I use your reaction to dive on top of Humessa? To try and shield her. At a cost. Heroism always costs.
0: 28 points of fire damage to both of you. Oh, excuse me. Make, please make your dexterity saving throws.
3: Does this count as magic damage? I have advantage on magic saving throws.
0: Uh, Yes, it does. It is magic, but yes, it's magic. Right, good.
3: Because that first roll was awful.
0: 22 is a success.
3: Oh, that second roll is so much better. That is a, you said constitution. Uh, dex. Oh, dex. even better. That's like a 23 or a 24 or some big number.
0: Wonderful. You must both use half of your movement to get out of the way. You both take 14 points of fire damage with the exception of Oleander, who must take all 28. And I think Oleander, we know what direction Oleander went.
2: The monster's flame arising and he's going to do like a backwards dive towards the doorway.
0: How much movement is that?
2: It depends on how big the room is.
0: You well, no. I, I What's have, your... Oh, oh, oh. I have um, 30. So 15. 5, 10, 15. You're on the edge of the plank, then. As you move out of that direction, the creature, the beastman, is going to make that opportunity attack against you. That's a 14 to hit. That's a miss. Swings wide. Flames blast over it. It shields its eyes. The demon licking up the remains of this fire, looks over and sees Oleander's crisp body hovering over Humessa. It laughs, and then begins to speak in common. I will dismember you, so you may learn your lesson. No, trust Milo. me,
3: lesson's been learned.
0: Milo, an explosion of fire comes from that hut. Two beastmen stabbing upon Abel. How do you proceed?
1: Milo would like to run and jump over the chasm and attack uh, the guy he shot with uh, both swords.
0: Uh, go ahead and make an acrobatics check for me. to Jump over. Acrobatics or athletics to jump over that chasm. 14. 14 is a success. You are now engaged in melee range with Sakan, this large goat-headed man squaring off
1: gonna swing two uh, short swords at him. Is an 18 to hit. Success. That second one is a
0: 10 to hit. the 12 points of damage. Whoa. Slash and duck. Oleander.
3: Well, that bloody hurt, and I don't think I want to stay around here anymore. So I'd like to pull my real dagger from my pocket, the one that makes a cut. And if I'm able to slash the bonds on Humessa, scoop her up, and then jump out the window into the water. Because I'd like to take a cool down.
0: (laughs) Yes, you may do that. You pick her up, sling her over your shoulder with dagger in hand, and you leap out the window into the swamp water.
3: Yep. That's all I got
0: knee-deep in this swamp water, six feet below the burning hut. You're now out of reach. Darnell, with your feet dangling over the side near this large tree, beast man just slinging a dagger at you, everything exploding inside the third hut, how do you proceed?
2: Um, Darnell's gonna kind of roll over and pick himself back up And he's going to strike at the figure right in front of him.
0: 12 to hit. 14. Go ahead. It's 10 points of damage. That's all it takes. (laughs) Describe your killing blow. Um, So,
2: as Donnell has rolled through this explosion, the guy who swung at him, like he just ducks under him as he uh, passes him, Uh, he rolls back to his, like, his knee and one leg, and then he just runs his glaive right through the guy's torso, and uh, and then re- and then retracts it, and then he's going to um, run around the side toward the swamp. Excuse me, where
0: uh, Oleander jumped up. Are you staying on the bridge? Yeah, yeah, he's gonna watch from above. Okay, Abel is your turn.
4: So Abel looking a little bit like a hedgehog with all these things pointing out of him. He you can if you looked him in the eyes, you would see there is no more thought, there is just bestial rage, and he is frothing at the mouth in a bit of a frenzy. And he dropped his javelin to push over the cauldron and has instinctively reached to his hand to the war pick and he is recklessly attacking the gentleman right in front of him. Thirteen. Success. Eight points of damage and then as he's in a frenzy he attacks the other one with his bonus uh attack bonus action Mm -hmm. Uh, he gets a 15 for the eight points of damage to that one too slashing at your
0: enemies anything else no
4: just he's with his half and nibbleness just dodging in between them But obviously you can't take the dodge action
0: the enemy's turn you hear a low growl a purr and then a roar the puma emerges and begins rushing towards you, Darnell. With both feline feet, it rears back and launches itself to hit you. With an 11 to hit, it crashes over into the side and is now dangling in the trees. It goes for a second swipe at you, this time with a 20, with a 23. Eight points of damage, clawing your side. Ugh. Having not knocked you down to the ground, made a meal out of you, it now stands about 10 feet above you, swiping at you from a high point on this tree. The guards then begin to stab at you, Abel. With advantage, because I attack recklessly. Mm, with a 24 and a 17. hit. Okay. 16 points of piercing damage total so eight they stabbing at you two more spikes and now they're just grabbing planks snapping them in half and sticking you with them the demon <laughs> chases after you oleander busts through and lands in the swamp at your feet and a huge column of smoke erupts as the fire on its skin smolders into ash and smoke in the swamp water he then raises a large staff to smash down upon your head 25 to hit. 13 points of damage.
3: Olander only has time to look shocked and shove the woman out of the way before the staff crashes on his head and he collapses unconscious.
0: Oleander, your lights go out, and Humessa is flung to the side, now straddling a log that is floating in the swamp. Miraculously, she lands there, barely conscious. She mutters a word. You can hear inertia and magic begin to build around her, as if she's trying to say something. And then Oleander falls into the water. Demon laughs, picks you up by the throat, and says, No no no. You'll stay alive for the trial. Sakan, then battling it out with Milo on the bridge. He is going to push you off the bridge, taking you with him. A contested athletics check against you. He has a plus five. Oop. Drop the dice. An 18. Can you contest that? Ten. Milo, you and Sakan go splashing into the water below as you tumble. He holds you underwater and tries to drown you. Please make a constitution saving throw. It's A nine. A nine. You are held underwater and can feel this large beastman's hands holding you under this icky, slimy swamp water. Milo, it is your turn.
1: Milo is going to try to stab him with his swords, assuming he still has his swords in his hands. Indeed. Alright, so he's going to try a couple stabbies. Is a 24 to hit, minimal damage of 6, and the second one is an 11 to hit.
0: That's not a success. Slashing for your life, you managed to get a couple sticks into him. Anything else on your turn? <laughs>
1: but Nope. Okay, uh, no, I'm just gonna try not to drown. Oleander.
3: Is this your surprise homebrew rule for death saves?
0: Oleander. You splash into the water the cries of the abyssal creature. Not before you noticed Humessa lying safely on the log, your skin burnt to a crisp. Your lights begin to go out, and then the abyssal creature picks you up, holding you by the throat. For a moment, you can hear your heart starting to beat again, though blood is spilling at your eyes. I need you to roll a d6. Six. The abyssal creature calls out to you, and then his eyes go catatonic, and you hear a voice from beyond his mouth say, Hello? Like my servants said You Will be on trial later So I need you alive <laughs> My name is Grast Some call me Grafson And I would like to know If you value life What would you give for your soul and where do you stand And essentially what this creature, this demon, is asking you. What is your alignment?
3: Chaotic neutral.
0: How would you reveal that information to this demon lord?
3: Grasping. It's about time you and I met. Everybody keeps accusing me of working for you anyway. I don't work for anyone but myself.
0: Well then, you will have to survive on this mortal plane without my help. Now be gone. The demon returns back to its form, shaken a little bit, having its mind hijacked by this other Prince of Power. It loses its grip on you, and you splash in the water at one hit point. How would you like to proceed? having turned down a demon prince for your soul.
3: <laughs> Look, I'm already fighting a Carnalia for it, so no more deities, please. Um. So I have one hit point so I can move, right?
0: Indeed, you can.
3: Great. Uh. I don't normally let my emotions get a hold of me, but I'm having a bad day, so with a furious primal yell, I'm going to leap up, two blades in either hand and just stab them right into this demon's chest. Go for it. That's my action and my bonus action. 15 to hit.
0: That's what you needed, yeah.
3: a less than 15 to hit. Seven points of psychic damage is all that I will do.
0: You jump up and slash it. And all you do seems enough, yet you feel the tingle of that voice still echoing in your mind. I'll be waiting darnell how do you proceed
2: very exasperated at this moment Uh, he's feeling this battle and he's weighing the odds of success and they are tipping out of favor Um, so he's going to use his bonus action to calmly within himself uh, catch a second win so 14 points of health back and uh seeing this cap he's going to Take his glaive and put the blade downside while holding his left hand up toward the cat. He's gonna step on the hand of the dead uh fireball creature next to him. And he's just gonna stare this cat down and he's gonna just jab the glaive blade through the hand to cut it off. And he's going to reach down slowly, pick up the hand, and he's going to try and do animal handling towards mm. the beast by offering a snack.
0: Okay. Mm. DC 18 animal handling check.
2: Dang. Missed it by one. 17.
0: You throw it at that moment and it the, the the puma slaps the hand to the side and then turns back at you enraged.
2: So close.
0: Anything else? Um, What is the
2: range between me and the puma?
0: Ten feet vertical.
2: Well, that went better in my mind. Um, I'm going to reverse my blade of the clave back up, and I'm going to hold my
0: action. Abel, it is your turn. As Abel is moving in and out of their
4: legs and dancing around, trying to avoid their attacks, he has a moment of just clarity where he starts spinning around with his war pick in his hand, just kind of recklessly attacking in a frenzy again as he attacks one of them for a 13. Success. For another 8 points of damage. And the other one for a 18 for 13 points of damage.
0: Your pick goes straight through their bodies, smashing them they plop on the plank and the swamp water. You stand there huffing and puffing with Bits of wood fragmented into your body, with your enemies lying at your feet. It's a good way to end a turn. And it is their turn. Sakan is first going to attack you, Milo. He's going to squeeze harder Ooh, with a 24 unarmed strike, five points of bludgeoning damage as he squeezes on your throat underneath your other underneath the water. I need you to make a DC Constitution saving throw. 13. 13 is still a success. You're holding your breath just fine. The demon then is going to pick up Oleander and attempt to throw you into the hut. It's going to make an athletics check against you. It's a 13 athletics check. And you can test that.
3: No, I rolled a 10.
0: A 10. Oleander, you are thrown back into the burning building.
3: Mm. <laughs> uh...
0: <laughs> you take well you take
3: go ahead one point I don't feel a thing
0: you go smashing through and you lie on the ground unconscious yet again Yep. (laughs) only this time you're back in the witch's hut
3: and it's on fire
0: the demon then turns its attention back towards Humessa and says now where were we (sighs) Milo it is your turn
1: He's going to try to stabby-stab again. Hopefully he can get two this time. Uh, that's a 13. Okay, the second one is a natural 20. Does the hunter's mark die double also? No. Yes. Oh, horrible. Oh my gosh. That's going to be 11 points of damage out of a possible oh. 28.
0: Oh, man. <laughs> you go to stick and stab and slashing through and this creature seems to be excited by the stench of blood now pooling in the water. And then you feel a slippery, slimy tentacle begin to wrap around your feet. Anything else, Milo?
1: Uh, I forgot my reaction when he attacked me, but it's too late for that. Um, no, nothing else.
0: Oh, What's your reaction?
1: Uh, when a creature larger than me attacks me, I can react and attack them back. Yeah, that works. <laughs> you let me do it now?
0: Yeah, of course, because I mean, it all adds up. Yeah. So, <laughs> Nope.
1: Oh, come on. Dice are awful tonight. That's 12 to hit.
0: Oh, it's not. With seven hit points remaining, he holds you underwater.
1: Aye, yeah. Nobody wanted to sleep tonight anyways.
0: Milo's going to be sleeping with the fishes.
3: Oleander's oh, sleeping great.
0: Oleander, oh, it's your turn. It's time for you to make a death saving throw. Four? Four, the fires begin to burn all around you. Mm Mm-hmm. Darnell. That cat didn't have a turn. It didn't attack me. Oh, thank you. Yep.
2: You know Lawful, get over here. Yep. (laughs) Michael! The
0: (laughs) The puma then launches to pounce upon you. That's an 18 to hit. 11 points of pouncing damage as it slams its body on top of yours, triggering your attack. It's a big creature. Yeah, uh,
2: I rolled a 12 to hit.
0: Uh, That does hit, sure. Yep. Especially with you under it.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, Six points of damage.
0: This cat likes smashing on top of you, Darnell, and it takes its second attack, its claw attack, as it pounces on you with advantage, a natural 20. It does four points of damage to you, raking its claws across your chest. Oh, sorry, excuse me. Five points of damage, raking its claws across your chest. Darnell, <laughs> the strike team disassembled. With Kalan's message still ringing in your ears, having only a few hours ago you left from Balltop Library, the sun now begins to rise over this swamp. The creature's chorus begins to change from those night predators to the swampy, balmy, day creatures that stalk and feed and create somewhat of a peaceful ecology. Having been the leader of this mission, how do you now proceed?
2: Not good. Yeah, Darnell is just the thoughts that are chasing to his mind is his family, uh, his responsibilities. Um, He's taken this very personally, Uh, like even though it was like a ragtag team, he's still feels the weight of the leadership role um and he's going to uh with his last breaths about him um yeah he's just going yeah he's going to uh pull out one of his hand axes because he's keeping one of the hands on the chest of the beast to kind of push him off and uh yeah he's just going to with all of his memories flooding his mind, he's just going to start hacking. Make your attack. But before he does, I did—I just remembered something. Right before he does, um, he's going to pull out this, the scrying beacon, and he's going to fumble with it and turn it on, um, and then he's going to then he's going to do the axe attack. So that's thirteen to hit. Success. And instead, I guess I'll use my disarming attack to push the creature off of me. It has to make a strength saving throw,
0: DC 14. Score's a 10. This cat rolls over to the side, taking the blunt of your ax damage. Anything else on your turn? Six or seven for the slash and then the superiority
2: die will give me an additional six points of damage. So seven, 13 points of damage. In the off chance that this monster misses, I'm going to set brace as my reaction.
0: Abel, with bits of wood sticking out of your skin, the rage still pumping through your body. You see a small silver disc clatter on the steps, on the planks of this rickety bridge. The scrying beacon is tracking the location of Humessa Coral Master. You see Darnell being nearly eaten alive by this Puma. Milo over in the corner being drowned by this horrible Beast Master. And then you see a large abyssal creature sling Cumessa over its shoulder and begin to walk away. With fire in the distance, Abel How do you conclude this story?
4: So Abel is taking big, deep breaths. At this point, he is more wood and blood than he is henfolk. Uh, His hair, which was sandy and wavy, is just a mess and matted and stuck to his skin. His eyes are larger than they've ever been, bloodshot and just looking every which way But the only thing that he really has to cling to is Dara'nel. And he sees him underneath that beast. And so with everything he's got left in him, he is going to throw himself at that beast. And with a reckless attack for a uh, 18, he does 13 points of damage. Is it still standing? Yes. And he, so he'll frenzy attack again. A um, 22 for another 11 points of damage. So the way I picture it is if as he shoves him off, he just turns around sees the wolf kind of rolling. And while it's on the ground, takes his war pick and just jabs it into his head
0: twice. And Abel will let a- out a feral howl. Once again, Abel with the Bodies of your enemy lying dead at your feet. You take down this puma right before it feasts upon Darnell. The swamp begins to get loud with the sounds and the choruses of the morning. The demon slings Humessa over its shoulder, tromping through the swamp, starting to disappear out of your sight, yet the beacon still beeping in your hand. And so for now, Our story concludes. Every story comes to an ending, so for now, we must conclude. Thank you for listening, Sojourners. Your attention will not go unrewarded, and we look forward to continuing this adventure. If you enjoyed this background music and ambiance, you should visit Tabletop Audio. You can find them at www.tabletopaudio.com. If you like what you've heard today with this wonderful strike team led by Darnell, make sure to leave a rating and review on your favorite podcasting platform. This helps other sojourners find us along their path. No matter how you choose to sojourn with us, as always, may your story continue.